the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our two Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. I just love this guy. He is so smart. He writes so concisely, and he answers the questions you might naturally have. He is John Hinderocker, co-founder, co-editor, and publisher of the Powerline blog, powerlineblog.com. John, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Hey, great to be with you, Seth. You betcha. Uh, I appreciate it. I want to talk about a couple posts of yours on abortion extremism in this country. But before we get there, your post, Race Baiting and Disinformation in the White House, about Karen Jean-Pierre, the new, uh, the designated uh, new uh, White House uh, uh, press secretary, presidential pre- uh, spokesperson, um, th- th- this 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 woman is a piece of work um, and the White House, um, you know, she may be a little more cheerful facially uh, than Jen Psaki. But boy, this 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 is a lefty like few others. You want to say a few words about uh, the new uh, the new uh, press secretary? You know, honestly, Seth, I would have thought there was very little chance that we could go downhill from Jen Psaki, but it looks like that's what's going to happen. This woman, um, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, for one thing, she is a stolen election conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. In uh, April of 2020, she tweeted, I'll just quote her here, Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a complete fiction. Kemp won that election by 54,000 votes. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. You, know, this is, you know, this is complete nonsense, although Stacey Abrams has made a career out of uh, claiming that uh, we was robbed. But, you know, here we have the, the stolen election conspiracy theorist as the White House press secretary. I always thought that was supposed to be a bad thing, but apparently... Uh, Apparently, that's no longer true. The White House, just the Democratic Party and the media, uh, the corporate media, just don't seem to care about the standards they laid down for us when it comes to applying or abiding by them themselves. It's there's I don't know what the right word for it is. I've called it opinion regime hierarchy, but uh, opinion and principle hierarchy, almost as if any any rule any 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 port in a harbor will do any rule at the time will work to get us through the argument but if conservatives want to avail themselves of it if republicans want to make the same point or issue the same standard it doesn't matter and it won't be applied because republicans just don't really have a right to exist we'll tolerate you a little bit but you're not on the same playing field as democrats you're the away team at best yeah, I mean, I think that 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 worldview is fundamental to contemporary uh, liberalism. Yeah. And, and the other thing I wrote about Seth uh, in connection with this new press secretary uh, Jean Pierre is that uh, in 2020 she also described the Fox News Channel as racist. Yeah. Let me just quote her here: um, Fox News was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. 
Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. This is on this is on MSNBC uh, uh, television. A press secretary. This is a press secretary. She said much the same thing. She's going to have to find a new thesaurus because she said much the same thing about the American Israel Public Affairs Council, That's calling true. it she severely did racist. That's, that is absolutely correct. Oh, severely so, racist. For that one, they got severe. They they are severe racists over there. That organization of Democrats, mostly Democrats, by the way, mostly Democrats. Well, that's right, but they have some association with Israel, yes. so that puts them yes. in a special category. Yes. But I think the point to be made here, Seth, is that this woman is the press secretary, yeah. right? And and normally one would have thought that the press secretary's job is to be speaking credibly on behalf of the president and the White House to all Americans, to all of the American people. And, and you have the White House press corps assembled there to convey those messages to all Americans. But the reality, of course, is that almost all of the press organizations who are part of the White House press corps represent the Democratic Party. Yep. Really, the only exception, the only, the only major exception, I mean, uh, maybe we got Newsmax or somebody in there, and, and, and God bless them, but I mean, the major exception to that rule is Fox News. Fox News, in effect, in terms of covering the White House, represents about 50% of the American people. And so here's a White House press secretary who is basically writing off half of her intended audience. And and normally you would say, well, that makes no it makes no sense to appoint a person like that as White House press secretary. But I think it just illustrates the past we have come to, yeah. Seth. I mean, from the Democrats' perspective, this is war. Yes. This is war. You know, they're not interested in communicating with Republicans or conservatives or, or even just normal Americans. Well, you may, you um, may, you may, um, you may correct me. I think I'm right about this, but I believe when it came to hosting uh, presidential debates in 2020, the Democratic National Committee said it would not would not submit its candidates to Fox News for any hosted televised debate by Fox News. I mean, they've been trying to write. Fox News and our side out for a few years now. Yeah, even as, of course, Fox News' ratings dwarf yeah. those of the Democratic <laughs> Party, cable yes. news channels, yes. CNN and MSNBC, they're not having a lot of success with that campaign. No. But it just goes to show how insular yeah. uh, this, this whole thing has gotten. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have the slightest concern about trying to communicate with half of this country. I don't even understand, quite honestly, how it's acceptable to the most to, to most of the media outlets, corporate or not, conservative or not, how it's been acceptable for Jen Psaki to maintain the role she's had while everyone knows she is going to work for NBC or MSNBC. Yeah, I guess it's part of NBC and MSNBC. I, I have well, no you're, understanding you're of how that journalistic ethic works. Seth, you're assuming that there's some kind of dividing okay. line between the White House and MSNBC. Okay. And right. I, I, I think most people understand, <laughs> you know, she's just moving her desk around in the same office. You know, the, MSNBC is, is, there's no difference in uh-huh. terms of boosting the uh, Democratic Party. That's right. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Karen Jean-Pierre came from originally the organization MoveOn.org, which was, um, if I'm not mistaken, which I, I'm pretty sure about that. That's where she that's that's where she cut her teeth and had her first uh, major exposure in working in communications, which which, you know, is uh, what 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 was that's the shock troop of the Internet left for at least a decade and a half, at least. Yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> 
I remember when moveon.org. You remember their heyday, yeah. The, yeah, you probably have a few notches the, on your belt from that experience. Of, of, of the far left, yeah. but unfortunately, they never moved on from anything. No, you know? no, no, they never did. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what I think is going to be talked about a lot, and that's uh, you posted abortion extremism, and then you had a follow-up post as well, abortion theater in the Senate. Feel free to work backwards. Uh, let's do the abortion theater in the Senate part first. Sure. So the Democrats came up with a bill, uh, which the Republicans call the abortion for all bill, which I think is, is pretty apt. The Democrats falsely claimed that it was the codification of Roe versus Wade, and they brought it up for a vote in the Senate today. It failed 51-49. That is 49 in favor, 51 opposed. But it would have needed 60 votes to pass, and of course nobody ever thought that was a possibility. So so it was really theater. And Chuck Schumer, a law school classmate of mine, I'm embarrassed to admit, Chuck Schumer went off on a rant about how the Republicans are going to have to, you know, stand by this vote and and, and so forth. And, and, and obviously was trying to, to portray this as a great political victory for the Democrats, even though the legislation went down to, uh, to an easy, easy defeat. And I think one important point to make there, Seth, is that this bill would not have codified Roe versus Wade, as the Democrats kept claiming. It actually would have, would have imposed an extreme, extremely permissive abortion regime across all of the United States, right up to and including the, uh, you know, the moment of birth. While stripping so, religious rights, by the way, I noticed this was what got Sue Collins's uh, goat, right? It's stripping, stri- stripping religious objections from physicians who didn't want to engage in this practice. Well, there are all kinds of uh, restrictions on abortion that have been upheld under Roe that yep. are now stripped away under this, uh, yeah, under this bill. So it was, it was really a very extreme bill and consistent with with Joe Biden's view, as expressed by Jen Psaki, that there should be no limitations whatsoever on abortion right. up to the moment of birth. I'm not sure anybody has the nerve to ask, General, what about after birth? Right. Right. <laughs> Does Biden draw the line there? We're not so sure. It, it's, it's, by the, it, it's, by the way, not a hypothetical. There have been cases. I mean, my gosh, you remember the former, uh, who is the former governor of Virginia spoke to, uh, what was it, Northam? Northam, yeah. Northam spoke to this. Uh, uh, attorney, uh, excuse me, uh, Judge Clement Hainsworth, uh, in, in one of the circuit decisions in the '80s, talked about a right to an effective abortion even after birth. It's, it's, it, it is there. Can I keep well, you there another? Was kind of a scandal keep, in Illinois, where where babies were born and oops, you know, the abortion Barack Obama work, supported were, that too. That's yeah, right. Jill yeah, Stanek yeah, was the one. Did, I, if did. that name rings familiar to some people, Let, can I keep you one more segment, or do you got to run? No, no, I'm happy to stay. I want to talk a little bit more about that, the extremism of the abortion uh, rights movement. We'll be right back. I'm Seth Liebson. He's John Hinderocker, PowerlineBlog.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Hinderocker from the Powerline Blog is with us, PowerlineBlog.com. He's posted a lot on abortion extremism. John, I have a lot uh, I could go into with you, uh, but I'll let you go first if you want to on this issue. Say a few words sure, about the extremism. Sure, you bet, Seth. Yeah. What I wrote in this post is is that abortion for a long time has been basically a 
issue, basically a draw. A lot of people are conflicted about it. A lot of people answer pollsters' questions, somewhat inconsistently, you know, depends on your But that 4947 pro-choice, pro-life, that's pretty consistent, Gallup's number. That's pretty yeah, consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically been a 50-50 issue. Yeah, and so yeah. it seems to me that in political terms, a lot is going to turn on which side the public perceives as being extreme. Right. You know, who's, who's over the top? And in that regard... Uh, it seems to me that the, the the side that's over the top is the Democrats uh, right. in a couple of ways. We're seeing these these demonstrations being organized outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. It's been reported that Justice Alito and his family have been moved to a secure location yeah. somewhere away from their house mm-hmm. for their personal safety. Jen Psaki has basically blessed these uh, protests outside the homes of the justices on behalf of Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. even though they are clearly illegal under Virginia law, and I think clearly illegal under federal law. At least two federal laws I can think of, yeah, one specifically. I I, I don't see any argument, really, on the other side. I think it's clearly illegal under federal law, although, of course, that's not a statute that Merrick Garland is going to enforce. So, so, but here's the point. Um, People don't like this. When this is in the news, uh, and you see these chanting, threatening, uh, not yet violent, but the threat of violence is always barely below the surface. When they see these mobs outside of people's houses, people don't like it. So the Trafalgar group did a poll on this that I, that I put up in this post, found that 76% of respondents disapprove of this practice of publicizing the justices' home addresses and organizing demonstrations on their yards or in front of their houses, 76% disapprove, and only 16% approve of that. So, so this is a good example of something that I think is seen by people as extreme, and I think is has the potential to, to turn off a lot of uh, a lot of voters who are you know conflicted and kind of in the middle on the abortion issue per se. And the other one I would mention, Seth, is in, is in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. a, an, a, the, the headquarters of an anti-abortion uh, organization there uh, were broken into and firebombed, yep. burned. Right. Uh, and, and the wall uh, was inscribed with the Antifa symbol and uh, something to the effect of, um, you know, if abortion isn't safe, you aren't safe yep. either. That's a threat. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's a threat backed up by arson, yep. right? I mean, so, so, um, and again, there's virtually no one who's in favor of firebombing political opponents other than Antifa and Antifa's supporters like my own Attorney General Keith Ellison, right. who's a big booster of, uh, of Antifa. But again, you know, that's the kind of a thing where if, if, if those stories get publicized, uh, I think a lot of voters are going to be turned off and think it's the pro-abortion side that's, that's gone crazy. We went through a couple months of several federal courthouses being firebombed throughout 2020. I remember then Attorney General Bill Barr testifying in Congress about that and trying to get Congress on his side uh, over this issue of protecting the federal courthouses. I believe Portland was the big one. And, yeah, Portland uh, was the big Portland, one. Portland, I, I think there yeah. might have been an Oakland one, too, but Portland was the big one that sticks out in my mind. And he said, is this where we are now, that it's just okay to firebomb federal courthouses? Uh, the point is the left did teach that violence was ca- to be countenanced. Uh, when Nancy Pelosi was asked 
about a riot in Baltimore. She said people will do what people will do. Of course, Chuck Schumer famously, and you mentioned this in your quote, in your link, in your post as well, John, famously targeted by name, rhetorically targeted by name, Supreme Court justices, and said, we're coming for you. Uh, the yeah, left pays attention. You. Yeah, you won't know what hit you. And so when we see this activity outside, not, all right, you, you, the point is made. But let me ask you this. Let me plumb this with you a little because I was a little nervous at first, I have to tell you. A little nervous at first before the Alito leak, the draft opinion leak. I was telling the audience and others that, uh, you know, we better steal ourselves uh, for the potential for Roe versus Wade to be overturned uh, this summer going into the election, because if we aren't ready on our side, I have no doubt the Democrats are going to run, you know, run, r- r- run haywire with this um, and, and, and try and clobber Republicans over the head with this. I think I think they shot too early. And I think they have shown through their extremism, whether it's what you were discussing and what Trafalgar found, whether it's the public mental health breakdowns of people like Elizabeth Warren that think that kind of screaming and gyrating is okay and and acceptable to most Americans. um, I think I think they're looking worse and worse and they may have blown it. They may have blown it. You know, one thing I really don't understand, Seth, is the motive of the leaker. Yeah. Obviously, you can say, well, you know, the Democrats think this is going to fire up their base for mm-hmm. the election. Yes, that's obviously true, but the decision was going to come out in June anyway. Yep. And uh, and so and so the more coherent answer is, well, the leaker was hoping sort of a last ditch hail mary attempt to to get enough pressure so that one of the justices will change his or her vote right and so that this opinion won't be the majority opinion after all that that seems to be to me to be i I just can't imagine that there's a supreme court clerk who wouldn't understand that the effect will be the opposite once that once that opinion has been leaked there's no way in the world that any of these justices uh can now change his or her vote and and and, you know and and knuckle under to the pressure that we've seen i think you're right john so I'm a little bit puzzled as to what the motive for it was. I, you know, we're seeing this this outpouring of emotion in May instead of June. Um, but if anything, that might be helpful to the Republicans because it's just a month farther away from the election. I think it might be. Um, you and I both have known a lot of uh, a lot of Supreme Court clerks and other federal clerks. They may be very good at statutory and constitutional interpretation, whether we agree or not, doesn't mean they're necessarily very good at political calculations. I <laughs> A lot of lawyers are not very good at the political calculation. I also have a hard time believing that they, every Supreme Court clerk doesn't know who the culprit is, actually. I'm, I, I bet they know. We're going to find out. I mean, the circle of suspects, it's like an Agatha Christie mystery. There's yeah. only like 12 people that's who right. could have done it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I think that's right. Well, John, we'll uh, stay close on this and everything else that you are so good to share your time and brain with us on. I really appreciate you, the Powerline Vlog, and your colleagues, Steve and Scott. We send them my best and keep up the great work, sir. Hey, thanks, Seth. Great to be with you. You Bye-bye. betcha. I am Seth Liebson. Uh, lines are yours now, 602 508 we will be right back consumer prices are up 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 and they look to be going even higher with the latest report that just came out today wholesale inflation is even worse and the markets are reacting negatively that's your security 
your retirement, your investment security being flushed, which is why I recommend diversifying with physical gold from the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value. The dollar falls and economies fall. Don't let inflation steal your savings while left-wing policies damage the financial markets even further. Diversify your investments today with physical gold and precious precious metals from the only gold company I recommend, the Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com. You can call them at 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. It's the only dealer I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already know and trust. The Midas Gold Group. Well, there's Dana. I haven't heard from Dana on the show in a while. How are you? How are the Louchens? How's the family, Dana? The Louchens are great. Everybody's just fine. I'm finding myself spending more time um, listening um, than talking. But um, I, I've got a situation going on right now that I, I, I'll i give you what my thoughts are on, on this situation, and hopefully you can lend me some insight into how to handle it. Um, you know, my daughter goes to a, a, a charter school. It's a very small school. There's only, you know, 30-some-odd kids in her entire class. And they are supposedly constitutionally based. They are taking a trip tomorrow, and they are going to be overnighting at a hotel um, and visiting the Grand Canyon. And one would think in a high school where, you know, there's only 30-some-odd kids in the class, you could avoid the situation. But, alas, it has caught up even to the smallest of high schools, and there is a boy in her class. Oh, no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. What age are we talking, roughly? Can you give me that? These are juniors in high school, so they're 16 and 17-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is a boy identifying as a woman? That is correct. And what do they want to do? What what is... I I said under no circumstances is that to be rooming with the girls. Right. Because there's no way I'm sending my kid on an overnight school trip to the Grand Canyon if there's a chance there's going to be a boy in her hotel room. Of course. Of course. been asking for weeks. Um, the first answer was, he's not going on the trip. Then the second answer was, well, nobody ever really thought about it, mm-hmm. which I thought was a very odd stance. Yeah, to of course. Everyone thought, about, thought it. about it. I can guarantee you they're lying to you. Everyone thought about right. it. Right. Go on. So today... I found out the trip is tomorrow. I said, so, Dory, do you know who you're rooming with? And she said, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so. So I asked the question, and she gave me the answer. And he is rooming with two girls. No kidding. Apparently, the girls wanted it that way. Seriously. Now, I'm talking about a high school of 30-some-odd kids. I know these girls. I know them well. And I know their parents. Do I ask the parents if the parents know? Do I Yeah, tell of course the you do. Of course you do. do. I, I think you do. Of course you if do. If the parents agree, these girls are in danger and their parents are I, idiots. The parent, what do the, I, do? I think I think I think you talk to the parents. I don't think you push. I think you gently inform and tell you and, and say something along the lines of I knew about this going in, and I was concerned when it came to my daughter. I just wanted to let you know in case you share those concerns, this is the case. You may not know. All I'm telling you. It's all I'm doing is telling you. I, I would leave it at that, Dana. I would leave it at that. But I would, I would also um, ask. How do you handle? Mm-hmm. How would you handle if that parent said, "Yes, I'm aware of it, and I'm fine with my daughter, my 17-year-old okay. daughter, sleeping in a room with a 17-year-old it, boy, long, and not saying to yourself, yeah. you've got to call CPS." Yeah. Well, as long as it's not your daughter. As long as it's not your child and it's another parent's decision. 
But we can't live our lives that way, Seth, when I see young girls being put in dangerous situations. Oh, I, I no listen, I'm, I, I'm with you on this, and I'm with so, you on this when it comes to, obviously, all of the public accommodations that your child would share, including the bathroom, unfort- bathrooms, etc. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this ad- presidential administration has made that the law of the land when it comes to public institutions, which a charter school, unfortunately, falls into the category of being. And so what I'm going to ask that you do is if you aren't already familiar with Arizona Women of Action, check out their website, azwomenofaction.com. Follow them on Twitter. Join. I don't think it costs anything to join them. Join them. They have been really good at exposing the schools that do this and also publicizing the problems that come as a result. I think at the wholesale level, You have to do it that way. On the individual level, you have to let the other parents make those choices for their families just as you make it for yours, unfortunately. And then, unfortunately, also, maybe have to look at private school. Best I can do, Dana. Hard times. Hard times. We've got to reverse this. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager believes there's a price to pay. A lot of good good folks in America feel America's not the world's policeman. I believe America is the world's policeman. I'm sorry to break it to my fellow Americans. There is a burden in being the strongest, wealthiest country on earth. It comes with a price. It comes with responsibility. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 10 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. For those of you looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity with a fantastic return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are my friends. I've spent a lot of time with them. I'm talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y-Refi helps people who are doing their best to dig out of debt the right way doing the right thing and paying off their debts, doing it with dignity. Why Refi helps them with all that, even repairing their FICO scores. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by, as I say, just really great people who are doing very well financially by helping others. And you can too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R E F. Y.com or call them at 855-316-3087. Local company, you can visit them. Check them out. Investyrefi.com or call them at 855-316-3087. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, Seth, my friend. How, How are, are you? you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Take, uh, thanks for taking my call. Of course, always. Uh, this has uh, been a very good show and uh, actually uh, very good uh, all week long. I, uh, are you familiar with the book, The Death of Outrage? Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> I thought you might be. Yeah. Since your mentor, William Bennett, wrote it. Yeah. And I... It seems to me, Seth, I'm going to throw this out and then let you comment on it or or guide us or whatever. It seems to me that that 
the death of outrage is at the center of much of what is going on. Just for example, the fact that all of these knuckleheads are demonstrating uh, and endangering our Supreme Court justices, and there are laws on the books that prohibit that, and yet nothing is being done, they're not being enforced. It reminds me of the professor who asked one of his students, what are the two major problems of our age? And the student said, well, I don't know and I don't care. And the professor said, that's right. Exactly. Right Ignorance answer. Ignorance yeah. Yeah. and, and uh, apathy, apathy yeah. are the two major problems of our age. And it seems to me that that is at the center of so much of what is going on. Mm-hmm. We just don't seem to be able to motivate uh, our culture to do what needs to be done, to do the right thing. And the left is certainly anything but apathetic about their radical agenda, but on the right, on the conservatives, we're just kind of like, you know, oh well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, we, we've been on a steady, a steady, um, a steady decline. It started preceding the death of outrage. Preceding the death of outrage, in my own mind, Rick was uh-huh. um, getting used to decadence, and preceding yes, yes, getting used right. to decadence was defining, as Pat Moynihan once put it, uh, uh, defining deviancy down. Uh, and, 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 and that helped set the stage for getting used to decadence, and that helped this, uh, set the stage for putting uh, a uh, stake in the heart of the rational, emotional, uh, political, and social notion of outrage, uh, yeah. of, of, of righteous, righteous anger, yes. uh, which, which, which I, don't, I don't know where it exists anymore. I don't know where it exists in the sense of what can be done about it. Um, yeah. You are right to point out that there are at least two federal statutes at play here that uh, should protect the justices' homes from being protested. Jen Psaki disgustingly said thus far the protests have been peaceful and we encourage that. Uh, that, 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 is, that is disgusting. Uh, it is playing with fire and it is violating the law. She is encouraging right. the violation of law. Yeah. Um, two laws, obstruction of justice, which we used to think was kind of a big deal, and, uh, and of course, the trespassing law, the federal trespassing law that was designed to protect the justices from intimidation. And doesn't one of those contain some kind of language about trying to influence? Yes, or, of course, of course, of course. You know, fully, of of yeah. course, and these are punishable by up to a year in prison. They are yes. punishable by fine. And the Department of Justice is more interested in protecting the sacrosanctity of school board meetings, not having to hear from parents who don't like transgender studies and critical race theory and sicking the FBI and local law enforcement on them, than it is protecting the institution of Article 3 of the Constitution, the judiciary. Um, I am shocked that this president didn't say a word, not a word, about the sanctity of the Supreme Court and why 
you know, said, let him say whatever he wants about Roe. I, you know, he has said it all already. Right. He's been on right. every side of Roe already. So there's nothing there that he can say that would shock. But was it too much to ask that he say something about protecting the institution of the Supreme Court? This was a man who was elected on the notion of restoring the norms of democracy because there was a sense of outrage, using your word, Rick, from uh-huh. the left in America over the violation of norms, I should say the perceived violation of norms, from Donald Trump. I don't know what real norms he violated other than speaking frankly and calling things as he saw them, but yeah. that's what they claimed. They claimed he violated every single norm known to presidential authority and executive power. I, I don't know what they were. That was the claim. That was the argument. They were energized on it. They put Jen Psaki in the White House press secretary's position. I remember on day one, she made a big deal of we are restoring normalcy here. We are returning yeah. to normalcy here. Well, since when is normalcy anarchy? Right. Since when is normalcy exactly. anarchy encouraged by the president and his spokesman? Outrageous, uh, isn't it? That, well, Outrageous. this road leads somewhere. It leads somewhere unhealthy and not good. This country knows what riots look like and has to be reminded, unfortunately, of them every uh, every couple of decades. I would have liked to have thought 2020 was in the far distant mirror, but evidently those objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah. Well, thank you, Seth. I'm afraid that you're absolutely right. This has been a long time coming and a very insidiously woven its way into the fabric of our society and our culture. And, uh, boy, we've got an uphill battle because we do need to get that righteous outrage back. For everything, Uh, there is a time and a season, and you betcha. And you betcha. And on behalf of the Constitution in this country, it seems like it would be a pretty good thing. Thank you, Rick. God bless you. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Portions of the Seth Leibson Show are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. It's a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. You just take it once a day. The vegetables are everything from cauliflower and zucchini to Cayenne peppers, wheatgrass, spinach, garlic, celery, broccoli, cabbage. That's just the veggie side. It's 100% natural, whole food nutrition. Pure, potent plant power. Can't say enough about it. It's been keeping me healthy. My immunity boosted my energy up for at least three years. And uh, really, uh, I think the most, um, can I say that? I think the most favorite, the my favorite product I've ever uh, endorsed that I take uh, individually uh, as a uh, as a supplement. Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. Fantastic product. All natural. Uh, third-party tested. Check them out and make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Tagging off of, of Rick's uh, call and the death of outrage... Uh, where is this outrage uh, over the headline that U.S. surpasses record with 100,000 overdose deaths in 2021? This country knows, obviously, how to take a um, health issue seriously when it wants to, doesn't it? We saw that. It can upend itself. It can even quarantine the healthy. Um, it can close down businesses by fiat. It can uh, disrupt Uh, and alter children's educational normalcy and social relationships. 
it can stop churches and synagogues and religious centers and mosques from operating. It can stop 12-step recovery meetings. That's what this country can do when it wants. I want you to think about that. 100,000 overdose deaths. By the way, average age, half that of the average age of COVID deaths. Half that the average age of COVID deaths. Think about the closing of the schools for a moment. I'm going to do my monologue at the top of the next hour, but think about what we went through with the closing of schools for a moment. Theoretically, theoretically, it was to protect the children. It wasn't to protect the children. It was protect, to protect the paranoid views of adults and satisfy the teacher union's leadership. Think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. Twice the number of children in this country died from drug overdoses than did COVID. Twice the number of children in this country died from drug overdoses in the last year than did they die from COVID. And we upended the country for COVID. We're going to do something about the drug overdoses in this country? Joe Biden created the position of drug czar. Do you even know if we have a drug czar in this country? I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.